Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm looking at my shirt on camera here. Do, do I? It's like reptilian skin. A little bit. And like, I thought it looked really good when I when I put it on. <laughs> but now fun. I'm like, is it, yeah. is, it, is it Denny Carter-esque? Am I like in cardigan territory here? It's a little Carter-esque. It's like that. Like no, you're... You just don't want to go Denny? Uh, yes. That's what okay. the kids would say. It's like Tropic Thunder. You never want to go full Carter, but you can go half Carter. <laughs> half Carter. Yeah, you're just Carter. dipping your toes in the water. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Never go full Carter. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, who did dip his toes into that water yesterday, <laughs> and Jay Crouch. Do we have a picture of uh, Denny in the cardigan, by the way? A picture. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if we had one. We have quite a few for you. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, look at this. Those are all variants of Denny Carter. Yeah. Right, except I am in the center, obviously. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks oh, like man. Danny Carter to me. I don't understand bit. the top middle one. What's he going for there? He always looks like an accountant mixed with yep. the, the, the Yeah, I'm not sure what that teacher. is. Is that like a Jim Cramer thing? Is that like a, like he's, he's got the tie on him? I'm, work, I, I'm, I'm formal, but it's, it's loosened it and it's unbuttoned, so it's, it's like I've been working hard all day yeah. for you. It, about to have a beer. Right, exactly. Close, closer and closer to the pub. That's right. Yeah. I just left Wall Street, and I'm going, to, I'm going to grab a happy hour beer with my bros. Kind of like an extra in Mad Men. Yeah, yeah a little bit of that, it. too. He's got it all, Denny Carter. He's got a little bit of that. I don't know many things in this life, but I know that Denny Carter is a sick, sick man. Very unwell. Look at all those photos. It's just unbelievable. He's very unwell. So you veered full Carter. Never go full Carter. You veered the uh, entirely opposite direction. I did. I it did. It was very tactical. Yeah, a little foot joy. A little FJ, a little, uh, yeah, a little foot, a little, uh, <laughs> little golf channel course, NBC, of course, yeah. NBC Sports. Join we me. love golf here. Talk about Rory McIlroy together. It'd be great. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm betting whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm in. Listen. I'm in on Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Who drinks free today, by the way? Oh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall drinks free today. Brees Hall oh, off right. the pub. Yeah, yeah, off the pub. Off there the pub and into the pub. Off the pup and into the pub. That's what we like to see with Brees Hall. I've got a celebratory shirt. Our long national nightmare, guys, is over. Dalvin Cook has a team. Ezekiel Elliott has a team. Yep. Connor and I were in the Green. exact same clothes. We're, cel- yeah. we're celebrating yeah. Brees Hall. Did you get the memo about the, uh, the army? No. Yeah, I, right. And by the way, you know I don't read memos. That's I don't talk to production yeah, calls. Yeah. Like, You're stop. low on memos. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Stop. Exactly. We, we found that out when the show returned. Yeah, <laughs> we almost point. didn't have you. I know. <laughs> for the show coming back. I, 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 yeah, this is, a, this is a true story. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, like well, we were starting at 1130, but I thought we were starting back at noon and whatever. I showed up like, whatever, at 1157 because, you know, again, I thought, 
I was on time for what I thought the time. Does no one? Can, here's what I will tell you. This is a true story. This is an absolute true story. Here, before you guys like are looking at me like, what the hell, Barry? I'll just say this. Literally, no one talks to me. No, maybe maybe it's hard to talk to me. I don't know, but I know nothing about nothing. I, it, it's going to come up later in the show. There's literally something we're announcing on the show today that came up on the call that <laughs> I'm on. Good. That I swear to God, I found out for the first time today on the call. Yeah, well, I can't even remember the 11:57 thing. I just knew that we had a show the week before, and you just weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just me. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, they, they didn't tell me. Oh, oh the betting show. Like, yeah, like I was. Just, well, we're starting the first week in August, yeah. right? And then they're like, no, we've got one in the late. Yeah. Like I take a vacation the last week of July, yeah. half for like every year of my life, like because that's the last week, you know, before. We get into Before it. We start talking about Kenyon Drake and all these yeah. other chaps. You'll yeah. have to stick around for the very surprise. I wish you found out during the surprise and people will laugh when they find out why. Massive running back show right, today. Let's get into this. We are going to go through your running back tiers, Barry. But before we do, we have to get into the player news because there was a ton of it when we got off the air yeah. yesterday. The first one, Dalvin Cook. Over at NBCSports.com, RotoWorld.com. That's right. Yeah. That is right. Dalvin Cook's media tour is finally over. He is going to play football. <laughs> Agrees to a one-year deal with the Jets. Uh, per pro football talk, it is seven million dollars of base salary, up to one point six million dollars in incentives, of course. And I mean, I think the question right now, before we get to Brees Hall, because he's off the pup, is what does Dalvin Cook have left in the tank for the New York Jets? Well, look, I think he's a good player. Is he the guy that he was three or four years ago? No, and he's coming off his own injury as well, right? So he has—he's not going to be able to practice for about another week either. But. What I will say is that I think he's still, you know, fairly efficient, right? I mean, this is a guy who's had four straight years of over 1,300 yards from scrimmage. And over the last couple of years, he's, you know, he's doing okay in terms of fantasy points. Uh, last year, uh, last year, I believe he was a top 20 fantasy running back. As you see it there on your screen, here's, uh, here's all the stats that you've seen. Obviously, again, uh, eight touchdowns last year, averaging 4.4 yards. Per rush attempt, almost 1,200 rushing yards. Here's what I will say. I, the reason he's not with Minnesota is contractual, not yes. effectiveness. That's the most important thing here. And I think that Dalvin Cook signing is very much about Brees Hall. So, Connor, you work for SNY. You've covered the Jets for years and years and years. What's the talk inside the building about Brees Hall? What does this Dalvin Cook signing mean for how the Jets feel about Brees Hall and where he is in his recovery. I think it's wanting to be very careful with the young player. That's coming off a significant injury, right? Sure. I mean, if Brees Hall was given 25 touches out of the gate week one, coming off that ACL from Denver last year, that would be yeah. a, a Adrian Peterson-type recovery. It would be insane. So I think for the Jets, it's not pushing Brees Hall into a corner or anything like that. It's how do we effectively keep both of these guys uh, healthy throughout an entire course of a season, and most importantly, Brees Hall. And Dalvin Cook allows you to do that. And to your point, Barry, about you know maybe his demise being a little bit exaggerated because he wasn't Dalvin Cook of two or three years ago. But still, I mean, 52 missed tackles forced last year. He averaged 53 missed tackles forced the previous three seasons. Not much of a difference. 30 run runs of 10-plus yards last year. He averaged 37 the previous three seasons. 3.16 yards after contact per attempt last year. His career average is 3.04. So, I don't think Dalvin Cook is that much different from his prime years. Is he that? No. But the Jets believe they're getting more talent to the backfield that clearly had a void. Understand, of course, last year, by the way, the, off the Vikings offense was completely different as well. So there's a little bit of an adjustment there. He was a top 14 fantasy running back last season, was running back 14 uh, as well. The thing that I think is important here is that I think this is about as good a situation as Dalvin Cook could have landed in given where we are at the moment, right? I mean, barring something where 
Josh Jacobs is like, you know, I'm not playing this entire year, or Jonathan Taylor, something like this. Like, there wasn't a, a job out there where he could walk in and, like, have the same role that he had in Minnesota. So going to New York and the Jets, where there's an opportunity there because Brees Hall is going is recovering from this serious injury, and because this is an offense that wants to use multiple running backs. We've seen Sala do that. He is from the Kyle Shanahan tree, right? We've seen, like, we, we even saw, like, a little bit last year was Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Yes, then Brees Hall sort of overtook that. But think about this offense this year with Aaron Rodgers under center and Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays. You go back to 2021. That was the last year that Hackett was the offense coordinator for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback. In that year, Aaron Jones, 15 touches a game. He averaged 15 fantasy points per game. He was running back 11 in fantasy points per game. A.J. Dillon averaged 13 touches a game, averaged basically 11 fantasy points per game. He was running back 31. And I think that's about right. Obviously, Jones and Dillon are very different running backs style-wise from uh, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. But... I think in terms of usage, I think that's about right. When fully healthy, Brees Hall is going to be the guy. But Dalvin Cook is still going to get 13 touches a game in a good offense that wants to keep it close, play good defense. Rodgers wants a balanced offense here. And so I have Dalvin Cook at running back 25. I had him at 29. I moved him up to uh, 25 in this uh, with this new ranking, right? And so the idea here is that I think he's like a – I take it back. I'm sorry. He's 25. I'm sorry. He's 26. James Cook is 25. I have the Cook brothers back-to-back, the 25 and 26. The Cook stack. I have James ahead of Dalvin. But it's so why I have Dalvin at 26, right? And I, I think that's about right. He's like a mid-tier RB2. Uh, mid, yeah, like, you know, flex play kind of that guy. Yeah, I think the most interesting to me, thing to me is that they're paying him $7 million as a base salary, which I think is pretty significant yeah. and speaks to the fact that he's going to be important for them. But to me, Connor, my question is, when we get to the fantasy playoffs week 13, 14, say the Brees Hall is fully healthy, do you think it's going to be 60-40 in favor of Brees, or is this a true kind of 50-50 situation potentially? I might even crank it up higher. I might go 65 for Brees. I okay. think they like him that much. The whole purpose of this signing, and sure, Dalvin's coming back from a shoulder injury. He's not going to practice this week. He also, I believe, has a child. Uh, he's going to be a dad. So it's going to yeah. be a little while before he's in camp. For Dalvin Cook. It's a lot happening for Dalvin Cook. But the point of this signing is for the best version of Brees Hall to appear in November, December, January. The fantasy playoffs, Brees Hall is going to be insanely valuable. If you can stomach that and wait it out and you can get through September, Brees Hall will be an absolute weapon in fantasy okay. for you. But will so we have that patience? Do you think it's going to be like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt? Like I would, a couple I would years ago, that type yes. of thing? Yeah. That's a good and by the way, in my ranks reflect that, right? So I have Brees Hall at running back 14. I have Dalvin Cook, as I said, at running back 26. And so again, Brees Hall is a upper tier RB2 and that if you're only ranking him for the second half of the season he's a top 10 fantasy running back even with Dalvin Cook there again Aaron Jones even with AJ Dillon getting 13 touches a game but with Aaron Rodgers under center and Hackett calling the plays Aaron Jones was running back 11 on a points per game basis in 2021 I mean like so Brees Hall is like I think Brees Hall fully healthy might be better than Aaron Jones and no one loves Aaron Jones the way I do as I excitedly throw (laughs) my pen I just you know I mean like so even with Brees getting the kind of volume that we think he's going to get, there's still a role for Dalvin Cook to be a productive fantasy player, again, as kind of a flex play. I'm at running back 26. Like I said, Dylan was running back 31 under uh, Hackett in 2021. So I actually think this is a good signing for Dalvin Cook. And it's ultimately, I think, you know, it's, it's not great for Brees Hall, but you knew they were going to bring in somebody. 
I'll add one Jets-specific note to this, too, being around the team so much. I think they're really excited, and I know this wasn't great for Cook in Minnesota last year, but the Jets are excited to throw the ball to him, too. The Jets are excited to throw to their running backs in the pass game, and it's not just having Brees on the field, but also having Cook on the field to help with that. Yeah, a couple other things, too. Uh, Our friend Patrick Doherty, Roto-Pat on Twitter, I think he makes a really good point that he said that Brees Hall's ADP was fundamentally nonsensical before this, which I think is right. It just didn't make sense that Brees was going so high, but now, as often happens with these things, it could go too far the other way. Because the other thing with the Jets is their first six weeks of the season, Connor, is absolutely brutal. Yeah, just, they just play a who's who of Super Bowl contenders. Then it gets much easier. So I think as Brees starts to find his legs, find his footing, they're going to get much more favorable matchups, more favorable game scripts, and he could be a monster by the time, by the way, second week of the fantasy playoffs, they're playing Houston, which is exactly what you want. Mark my words right here. We'll just go ahead, uh, Pete, do me a favor. Pete's our, our producer. Mark his words. Uh, mark my words here and just cut this up and we just roll this back, like I think probably at the beginning of week five. So you'll see some fantasy teams that are like one and three heading into week five, and they're going to be panicking because they've been starting Brees Hall. He hasn't been getting a ton of work, tough matchups. He's going to be the greatest buy low in the world. To your point, like the first six weeks are brutal for the Jets, and then after there. So honestly, like week five is about when we're going to be talking about Brees Hall as a great buy low candidate, and there'll be uh, some managers in your league, one and three, panicking, you know, ready to sell Brees Hall for pennies on the dollar. There you go. Swoop in. Take advantage. Vulture in. The AFC. <laughs> I don't know. That was like a, vul- a vulture. I don't know, it was like a vulture thing. It was kind it's of terrifying. A little, a little like terrifying. A Spider-Man villain. I looked. I looked at myself, and yeah, it a little like a Spider-Man villain. Yeah, yeah the, the vulture. vulture. Yeah, the you vulture. Have to bring back the. What was the name of the? What was costume. the name of the villain? What was the name in the? Um, in No Way uh, and uh, Homecoming. Where did Michael know. Keaton play? Lost me. What was? It? That's what? To do? Huh? That's the vulture. What vulture, right, right. I didn't. I he is the he, literal villain. No, no, he's the green he's, vulture. He, yes, he's he's yeah. the vulture in in Homecoming, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, and it's it's Michael Keaton in the big bird outfit, which is sort of an homage to his Birdman movie and whole thing. But anyway, like I didn't know what the actual name of the supervillain was in that movie. I forgot yeah. it for a second. It is the vulture. It is yeah, the vulture. So you look both like the vulture and a vulture. And and Michael Keaton. The double And name. and Hollywood like, uh, leading man Michael Keaton. I'll take that. More in the. Birdman phase of his career, though, than the Batman phase, I would argue. But that's uh, okay. More, more Vulture than Bruce Wayne? <laughs> yeah. Is what you're so. saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, whatever. I'll take it. I'll take it. Zeke? By the way, cut to Michael Keaton. Like, ah, kids, I'm going to show you this movie of mine that's on Peacock. And, oh, what's this guy? <laughs> yeah. I don't look anything like that asshole. Like, what's going on? I'm sorry, Michael Keaton. Apologies. I've always enjoyed your work. So, so All right. All right, so all right. <laughs> what is your favorite Mr. Michael Keaton? Is it Mr. Mom? No. Nope. Favorite Michael Never Keaton movie? Never seen it. Never seen Homecoming. I haven't seen Homecoming. That's why I didn't get the reference initially. Yeah. Which is pretty rare for you to pick up a movie reference. That's a great movie. Yeah. You're a Spider-Man that. guy, but not, that's the one you haven't seen? I'm like a Spider-Man 2 guy. More of a Dr. Octopus type yes, operator. Yes, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. I lied with that. Yeah, yeah, Green Goblin, Doc Ock. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to make a ruling. I'm going to make a ruling right now. Yeah. Your children are not allowed are not allowed by law to wear Spider-Man clothes until you've watched Homecoming, Spider-Man okay. Homecoming. Seems like a very strange law to I'm just pose. saying, I, okay. I see the Instagram of your kids running around in Spider-Man yeah, outfits, and who like knew it. their dad was this fake Spider-Man <laughs> fan? Fake this, Spider-Man this fan. like, yeah, Johnny Come Lately, this, you know, sort of like, you know, bandwagon guy. Johnny Come Lately. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah watch a whole movie. Don't watch just a couple of clips on Instagram, for the love of God. <laughs> okay. Do the work. 
right. I'll Put watch it in. Sp- I'll watch Spider-Man Homecoming. We can dedicate... Ta- tomorrow. tomorrow. That's coming. Yeah. I'm going to quiz you. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow. I'm going to pass with flying colors because I love the vulture right opposite me. There you go. Me up on my floors. <laughs> oh, no. All right. The oh. AFC East was quite busy yesterday <laughs> as the Patriots agreed to a one-year deal with Ezekiel Elliott worth yeah. up to $6 million. Zeke tweeting out 1-5 all the way live as he will wear number 15 for the Patriots. I think the question everybody has is not really about Zeke, though, here. It feels like the question is, what does this do to Ramondre Stevenson as soon as the news came in? Yeah, you know what? It's twofold, right? It's not ideal, but it's not as much of a death sentence as you might think. I I actually, I know this can sound weird here, but I actually think this is the best case scenario for Ramondre Stevenson. And I'm, I'm buying the dip. As it were. Now, look, I moved him. Down. I moved Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> down a little bit. I moved him from ten to thirteen, right? But buying the dip is great. Thank I can't. You. I can't. I, I appreciate let it go. that. I'm just here to entertain you two, Jamokes. It's good to come in and laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look, here's the, here's the deal, right? The the fact of the matter is is that the Patriots are always going to sign someone. All due respect to like Pierre Strong and JJ Taylor, and you know, uh, they were always going to sign somebody. And when you think about who they could have signed. They could have signed Dalvin Cook. They could have signed Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was a strong possibility uh, to be there. And the fact that Ezekiel Elliott isn't nearly as much of a pass catcher at this stage of his career as somebody like Fournette or Cook, which basically leaves the entire passing game role to Ramondre Stevenson, I think is a good thing. Look, he was going to lose some touchdowns. There's a concern here, right? Ezekiel Elliott is still very good in short yardage. Last year, he had 22 goal-to-go carries. It was tied for the second most. He scored in nine straight games, 12 rushing touchdowns last year, top four among running backs as well. In fact, he's top five in the NFL last year on touchdown rate in terms of carries inside the five-yard line. Just a stat that lets you know what you sort of know if you watch football, which is that when you give the ball to Zeke in close, he's very effective. This is a guy who can get into the end zone. Meanwhile, that same stat, touchdown rate on carries inside the five-yard line, Ramondre Stevenson 23rd last year. So that is something where he struggles as we see footage here of Zeke getting into the end zone, just pounding away. Um, And so my expectation is, yes, you're going to see Zeke uh, get some touches. I do think both these guys have value. Like, again, I have Ramondre Stevenson as a top 13 fantasy running back. Uh, You know, 15 or more touches in 14 to 17 games last year. He had a 17% target share, fourth among, highest among running backs. Even with... Um, even with Damian Harris there, when you know Damian Harris like got some goal to go carries as well. Ramondre Stevenson was still very very good, but does Zeke does Ezekiel Elliott have some flex appeal, some you know deeper league appeal, twelve team and deeper league appeal? I think he does because remember last year uh, last year the Patriots in, an, in a year in which the Patriots guys were a complete disaster on offense. They had no real offensive coordinator. They had no identity. Even last year, in, the, in a bad offensive year, they were still 16th in goal-to-go rushing attempts. Bill Belichick likes to run when he gets in close. You go all the way, whether it's LeGarrette Blount or Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevens. Like, there's been years and years and years when they, get, you know, when they get in close, they like to run. And so a proven veteran like Ezekiel Elliott, to me, he comes in at running back 40 for me. So he's a low-end RB4, but he's also one of the most important insurance running backs if you draft Ramondre Stevenson because if something were to happen to Stevenson we've seen him miss a game here or there over the course of his career Zeke would be an easy top 15 running back 
Yeah, Ramondre, I know he only had the seven carries inside the five, but he did have 19 uh, carries in the red zone just in general, and that was 68% of New England's carries. And randomly, he only averaged 1.1 yards per attempt. So I'd be a bit concerned that maybe that feeds into the idea that they're going to give it to Zeke inside the 20. And I think that does remove some of his value because a lot of Ramondre's value was one workload, which we always knew was going to be lessened by signing. Most likely that has now happened, but then also just touchdown regression with his carries inside the 20. So I think his ceiling goes down, Ramondre. But yeah, in terms of, I guess, just overall value, he's still going to provide it and he's going to be a top 20 running back. But I don't think if Zeke is around, I don't really see Ramondre getting to be a top five running back in fantasy. I don't think that was on the cards beforehand. That's exactly a point. That, I completely agree. His, what this signing does, it doesn't lower his floor because the floor is always going to be the rushing. Yeah. It lowers his upside because there was a scenario where if Zeke Elliott didn't sign and it was just Ramondre Stevenson and like the Pierre Strongs of the world, then yes, top five running back in fantasy definitely was in the range of outcomes for Ramondre Stevenson. I think as long as Zeke is healthy, that's off the table. But I'm, yeah, I'm buying the dip. On the exact opposite of limiting upside, it feels like for Tony Pollard, this is massive. Now that we have confirmation, Zeke Elliott not going back to Dallas, Dalvin Cook officially with the Jets, the veteran running back market is beginning to thin out. And when you look at Tony Pollard in Dallas, yes, we love what we saw from Deuce Vaughn in preseason, but we're not going to wildly overreact yet to the preseason that it's Pollard's show in the Dallas backfield, especially after the news of Zach Martin's holdout being over with a reworked deal. One of only six running backs last year with over 1,200 total yards and 12 touchdowns last season. From week 8 to 16, he was the second-best running back in fantasy, so we've seen him be kind of an elite fantasy running back for an extended period of time. He's had 13 career games with 16 or more touches, right? And in those games, he's averaging 19.6 fantasy points per game. That would have been running back three last season. We expect him to get a significant workload now. Again, no Ezekiel Elliott. And so there was rumors that he might come back. So now when you're sitting there going, like, it's Tony Pollard, and he's competing with Malik Davis and, you know, Rico Dowdle and and Deuce Vaughn, like, like, honestly, it's going to be the Tony Pollard show. He's my running back six. I have him ahead of ADP. There were a number of running backs, I think, that were kind of sneaky fantasy winners when Ezekiel Elliott announced he was going to the Patriots, when Dalvin Cook it was announced that he's going to go to the Jets. And that includes Tony Pollard in Dallas. He no longer has to worry about either of those guys. Zeke was more of the concern. Would he come back uh, on a lesser deal? I'd argue Joe Mixon. There was you know, concern about Joe Mixon. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. Um, I would argue James Conner. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. But again, no veteran presence there as well. Um, you know, the Miami guys, too, by the way, right? You know, I mean, I think part, Dalvin Cook was rumored to be going to Miami. And so uh, Devon A-Chain was always, you know, sort of being drafted. He's kind of this darling. I mean, and I love A-Chain as a Texas A&M guy. Like, I think A-Chain's the most talented running back on that roster. And it'll take us – it may not be that way from week one, but second half of the season, I think A-Chain's going to have a big year. But Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who are more or less kind of free in drafts right now, going very, very late – they get a boost to their fantasy value because they're obviously going to be used with no Dalvin Cook in town. Yeah, I think Pollard is the big winner of everyone from yesterday because, to your point, no Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, those were the guys who were going to cut into his value and the fact that now it's going to be his show on an elite offense. I mean, the the Cowboys project as a top-five offense. They're going to be a juggernaut. And the fact that Pollard, now that is his show. I also think that just free agency decisions from teams, they shed light on how a team values a player. Like the fact that 
the Jets go out and sign Dalvin Cook, that says Brees Hall is not ready in the start of the season. The fact that the Cowboys are ready to roll with Pollard, they think that he's physically able to be the number one guy and take on that load. And if he's ready for that, then he can absolutely be the number one player in fantasy this year. That's on the cards for him. I'll also say I, I actually think the money, it's interesting if you hear any of this inside the building over there with the Jets, Connor, but I also think the money for getting Dalvin Cook is also about somewhat appeasing Aaron Rodgers. 100%. That that Rodgers wants a veteran back there. He wants multiple running backs. He's just like, listen, you got a kid coming off of an ACL and then Michael Carter and Bam Knight. Right. Like, come on, get me somebody real back here. And so, right, it, you know, Brees Hall becomes now a luxury, not a he's got to get back soon yep. because you've got somebody in Dalvin Cook who is a proven all-pro running back. Also, to your point about Pollard being a big winner, Zach Martin, they restructured his deal, no issues there. That's great for the Cowboys' offensive line. Yep. And to piggyback off of that, yeah, two things. One, Rodgers took a massive pay cut. He didn't do that to put money back in Woody Johnson's pockets. No, he did not. He came to the Jets and said, can we get more players when I do this? And the Jets said, absolutely. And it won't stop there. They'll be active at the trade deadline if they need something. But this is why that base salary was so high. And, Jay, to your point, protecting young assets. Brees Hall is under contract for the next couple of years. Tony Pollard's now playing the year-to-year game. So Dallas is ready to run Tony Pollard into the ground while the Jets are protecting Brees Hall because he is a long-term asset for them. Yeah, so. I think also we just forget that Brees Hall, he was so good last year, but what is he played like eight games in his entire career, yeah. and this team has Super Bowl aspirations. So I think Rodgers just he wants that veteran presence. All right, here's what's left of the notable remaining free agent running backs. Of course, Leonard Fournette tops the list along with Kareem Hunt. J.D. McKissick, Dontrell Hilliard, Daryl Henderson Jr., and Rex Burkhead. Who could forget week one of last year, the famous Rex Burkhead week we'll all remember forever. Sexy, Anyone yeah. here, Barry, that you think can impact a backfield in an in a obviously negative way? Fournette. Yeah. Fournette yeah. is the only guy. Uh, I mean, I've always, I always sort of like had a soft spot for Daryl Henderson here, but I, you know, in my, my uh, Washington homerism, we love J.D. McKissick, but uh, the truth of the matter is, is Kareem Hunt were, you know, neither the Saints nor the Colts, who both had needs, ended up signing him. And there's a lot of weird reporting around Hunt in New Orleans and whatever. We don't need to trash that. But the fact of the matter is, is that both got both teams got somewhat of a look at him and both teams had needs and both teams moved on to, you know, whether it was Kenyon Drake in Indy or, you know, uh, Daryl Williams, which we talked about in New Orleans. Like, like there's other guys. But Fournette still played at a high level last year. To me, he's the last remaining guy. And we'll see, you know, does he go to Las Vegas as this Josh Jacobs saga continues on? What about Indy with Fournette? You know, does does Cincinnati say, like, Cincinnati, the Bengals have Super Bowl aspirations. They're like, you know what? Like, behind Mixon, it's pretty thin, right? Travion Williams, uh, Chris Evans, like, they, you know, could you could see him there. So we'll see. I think Fournette's kind of the last real domino to fall, at least in terms of fantasy value barring a major injury. Agreed. And a lot of that will depend on injury news. And more injury news rolls in at the running back position as Saints running back Kendra Miller, their third-round pick from this year, could be ready by week one. He will not require surgery on the sprained knee he suffered in the preseason on Sunday. And another report in Saints, the Saints camp is that they have signed running back Daryl Williams. Um, obviously, they need running back depth there. So nothing crazy with the Saints' backfield right now. It feels like Daryl Williams kind of holds the fort while Kendra Miller misses some time this summer. Can I just say this, though? I actually think Daryl Williams is, is more – I think most people are just going to be like, whatever, Daryl Williams. First off, I've always liked Daryl Williams. He was effective with the Chiefs when he got an opportunity here. And think about the Saints' backfield, right? At least for the – again, you don't have – a fantasy running back doesn't have to be the starting running back for the entire season to be effective for you. Like, the, the, guy, the, the, 
the Tony Pollards of the world that, you know, that come in week in, week out, every single week are few and far between. Like a lot of times what you're doing is you're picking up like the Kenyan Drakes to get you through three weeks of a season. Like you're just, you're sort of mixing and matching there, right? I mean, like there were last week, there were years with it was like a Mostert week and then there were weeks where it was a Jeff Wilson week. So my point here about that is this. The first three weeks of the season, we know they don't have Alvin Kamara. Kendrick Miller might be ready for the pre, might be ready for the regular season, maybe. But how much but, for a rookie? Right, right, for a rookie that's now going to miss a significant portion of camp. And so now you've got Jamal Williams there. Jamal Williams is going to get a significant workload, but he can't do it all. You'll see some Taysom Hill. They'll do some, you know, some annoying Joker stuff with Taysom Hill. But like, there's a scenario where Daryl Williams gets 10 to 12 touches in the first three games against the the Titans, the Panthers, and the Packers. And as you sit there and you're like, you're searching around, like, we don't, we assume Brees Hall is going to be ready for week one, but what if he's not? I'm just saying, like, again, first three weeks, teams aren't on by, you probably won't have a need, but you might. And also, by the way, just, I don't know, for people that are playing DFS, he's going to be, he's going to be the, the minimum, you know? I, I don't know. I just think there's a chance that with uh, Kamara out, you know, Benjamin's also on IR as well. That, that running back room in New Orleans is much thinner than you might think to start the season. I think one of the most underrated things that's being talked about uh, before the season is just how easy the schedules are for the for New Orleans and Atlanta because they play in a really weak division in the yeah. NFC South and then they get the NFC North and the AFC South, which are the two divisions that you would want. And so the hardest game that New Orleans has got to play all year is like at Minnesota or at New England. It's insane how easy the schedule is. So I think that there's going to be a lot more touchdowns available for that team than you might expect because I think people think New Orleans are like the 16th best team in the NFL or the 18th best team or whatever. But if they're playing Carolina every week, which is what it feels like with their schedule, then they're going to score. By the way, to your point about the schedule, so I just pulled this up. Um, so here's their schedule. And by the way, and I just think of like, again, you just think about draft. Hang on for a second. Think about like, yeah, exactly. But like also um, their defense. Like again, just yeah. as like a kind of a sneaky late round pick, you know, you know, if you want to wait till the last round to pick a defense, look who the Saints defense gets to face. So the Titans, like we expect that offense to be better, but it's not going to be high volume. Week two, Panthers, so they get Bryce Young. Uh, week three, the Packers, Jordan Love. We don't know, but we don't expect that to be high volume. You look at the schedule here, right? Then the Buccaneers, Kyle Trasker, Baker Mayfield at the Patriots. Again, Mac Jones, like not high volume. At the Texans, so they get C.J. Stroud. Thursday night, they're at home to Jaguars. Okay, fine. Then they're at the Colts and Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback. Home to the Bears in week nine. Again, not an offensive. You know, at the week 10 at the Vikings is the first time they play what I think is an elite offense. You could argue week eight with the Jaguars on a short week, depending on how you feel. But the Jaguars are above, above average offense. Like I give, it, I give you there. But like Jaguars, Vikings. And then they come out of the bye week 11, week 12 at the Falcons, week 13 Lions. Okay, good. Lions are a good, really good offense. Week 14, the Panthers again. Through the first 14 weeks of the season, through the you know regular season of the of fantasy regular season, I would argue they play only three elite offenses. Lions, Lions in week 13, Vikings in week 10, and Jaguars in week 7. I mean, the Saints might not even be any good and they might get the one seed. Like, this is ridiculous. They just right. don't have to play any utterly, good teams. Utterly ridiculous. And Atlanta have got the same deal. And we're going to talk about yes. Bijan lately, uh, later in the show. But uh, it's just incredible how easy the schedule's are for the NFC yeah. South. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. In some positive running back news, J.K. Dobbins officially off the pup list. He has returned to practice, and we got to hear from head coach John Harbaugh on what that means for the team. It feels good to have him back there on the field. Um, he's excited. We're all excited. Uh, we'll probably ramp him up a little bit this week and kind of work him in there and try to be smart in how we do it. But, uh, but he'll, he'll be fine. He's, he's, he's 100% healthy. He looks good. He's been training hard, so he's ready to go. John, why did today work, work out to be the day I, you know, I don't know. I think it just worked out for whatever reasons it worked out. I'm just trying not to look at it too deeply and be grateful. 100% healthy, ready to go. Mm. I, well, I was, I was focusing on, like, I try not to, I, and this is what I think about, you know, our little show. Like, I try not to look at it too closely. I'm just happy it worked out, happy to be here. Grateful. Exactly. Grateful. Grateful. Yeah, grateful. grateful. I'm, I'm the J.K. Dobbins of NBC Sports. Uh, you did kind of start out on the pup list. I did, time. yeah, fair. It's, 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 it's very, very yeah. fair. Yeah, big contract, haven't proven anything. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, exactly. joy, it's all, up, foot, yeah. it's all mm-hmm. coming together. Um... Now we're going to run you into the ground, just like the yeah, Ravens might for, with J.K. Oh, Dobbins. Uh, fair. Yeah. I, I have to do a bunch of RSN hits oh, after, the, after, the, like after the show today. Uh, you ain't lying, brother. <laughs> All right, so I want J.K. Dobbins to be a thing. I want him to be a thing. Like, I loved him coming out of Ohio right. State, Connor, but he hasn't been a thing. No, no it's, hard to, how, it's hard to buy into superstar or above-average running back J.K. Dobbins right now. In an offense that Lamar Jackson will take away some rushing Thank touchdowns, you. in an offense with Todd Munkin that – wants to throw more. They've spent money and draft resources to throw more. They have great pass-catching tight ends, two of them. I know likely is hurt right now, but I, it's, I don't see volume. I don't see – I haven't seen the talent yet from J.K. Dobbins. Right. I mean, by the way, so, right, he's played 23 – his first three seasons in the NFL, he's played just 23 games, right? Obviously, he missed all of 2021 right. with the ACL. Um He's had zero career games with more than 17 touches. Like, he's never had, like, a true crazy bell cow game. And for all the kind of narrative, oh, Baltimore, so run heavy, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, we're going to just pound it. I mean, I think you would win some bar bets with this as we sit here in a bar. Ravens, over the last two seasons, they are 28th in running back carries. Yeah, because they got Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Well, yeah. that, right, yeah. but that's the point, right? That's I mean, so, right. So you think about, so they've, they've got Lamar, their best running back, I use air quotes, again, looking like the vulture, but my, the best running back 
on that team is Lamar Jackson. He's the, he's the greatest th- threat they have on the ground. And now you're going to a more pass-happy offense that's going to be more wide open under Todd Munkin. He has been a nothing so far in the passing game, Dobbins. Right? He has one game, career game, one career game where he's had more than 25 receiving yards. So, I mean, like what you're really banking on with Dobbins is you're banking on with volume. I don't know that that's going to be there. And then you're hoping for touchdowns. Yes. Then again, and then you get in close and you, Lamar's always a threat. You've also got Gus Edwards, who's a really good north-south runner. And by the way, you don't tell me that Mark Andrews or OBJ don't want to get fed, that Lamar doesn't want to, you know, show, hey, I'm worth all this money. I, I am at running back 28. You know, he's like, he's not a guy that I have a lot of shares of that I've kind of like, I try to sort of avoid. Like, it's good that he's in camp. It's good that he's in camp. He'll be fine. But I guess in that range, there are guys, Jay, that I'm a little bit more excited about. Yeah. If I was going to price a market, yes, no. Will J.K. Dobbins have any game this season with 20 carries or more? I'd say that no is the favorite there. I think his probably, I mean, a really good outcome for him, I think, would be being Miles Sanders from last year in a similar offense with uh, a quarterback who runs a lot with other and running backs. running backs. And Miles Sanders had a really good year last year and was running back 15. And I think that's an upside scenario for J.K. Dobbins, which is kind of unexciting. You look at what he did last that's season. That's actually a great comp, by the way. Also, Sanders had had health issues, yep. you know, last year's state fully. That's actually a great comp fantasy-wise. They're obviously different players, but yep. that's a great comp fantasy-wise. Yep. That's a good and call. You look at what he did last year, and he did have these home run runs, but he's going to need that. He's going to need to be breaking 30, 40 yarders, I think, to provide a lot of value. And he's got the talent, but I just don't think that he's going to have the volume with just everything that's around him. I'll say this too, guys. Their second best ball carrier runner with the ball might be Zay Flowers. Honestly. So if you're looking to take even more touches away from the backfield, the extension of the run game, the screens, the pitch passes, the jet sweeps, they're going to go to Zay Flowers. So this isn't a pile on J.K. Dobbins. I just agree with you guys, though. If there is, if you're hoping for what we thought of him when he was drafted, it feels like those days have passed us by. I wonder if the Ravens' fantasy comp might be um, the Chiefs which is where the Chiefs were a really great NFL team. But in terms of fantasy, it was like Mahomes and Kelsey yep. and the running backs that you could sort of count on, right? And so I feel like with the rate, like you're going to count on Lamar and you're going to count on Mark Andrews and then maybe one other person. And whether that's Odell Beckham Jr. or Zay Flowers or Rashad Bateman or J.K. Dobbins, like I feel like there'll be one other guy that emerges that you feel like you can count on for a certain level of production week in, week out. Um, maybe the Saints is a better, like, you know, it was like, it was, well, they, their quarterback sucked. But whatever. I mean, like, you had Olave every week and you had the running. You <laughs> I know think, what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. just saying, like, I think they're going to be a much better NFL team and a really good offense, but with actually a fairly narrow amount of players that have consistent fantasy value week in, week out. The way I look at it is I think that the Ravens running backs are going to be the Chiefs wide receivers, where it's like last year where J.K. Dobbins is like Juju Smith-Schuster and then Gus Edwards is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And they're going to be guys who put up numbers, but you never know which one is the guy that right. you want each week. And, and then here gonna... comes Justice Hill with yeah. like a, a random right. Kadarius Tony Melvin type Gordon. game. Like right. You're Mel- just going to be left Melvin balls. Gordon, that's right. Like... <laughs> Like, There's just that, too many dudes, and also Dobbins. And by the way, Melvin Gordon is not terrible. Like, don't yeah. like week one when Melvin Gordon gets like 15 touches and everyone's like pulling their hair out. Yeah. Like, don't be shocked when that happens. Like, Melvin Gordon is not bad, guys. Yeah. The like, other thing too, which limits Dobbins' upside in terms of volume, is that he's had these knee issues, and this is a team that wants to win the Super Bowl, so they're not going to run a guy with knee issues into the ground and give him 23 carries in a mm-hmm. game when they've got these other vets who want the ball as well. Over in Colts camp, more running back injury news. Jonathan Taylor has returned to camp but remains on the pup list. 
He reportedly has told the team he will return to the field only when he is 100% healthy and still wants a trade. You feel horrible if you press the draft button on Jonathan Taylor or even in the second round. Like, it's just not – I don't know how it's there's the, You know, there's the, there's the meme that's always like, you know, the, the guy, there's the two yeah. buttons and he, the, the guy's sweating, sweating hard. Yes. And it's a little like, draft Jonathan Taylor, anybody else. Yes. Like, right. I mean, right, because – I mean, we know the talent and the ability. And we love Jonathan Taylor here, by the way, right? Friend of the podcast. Yes. We're big fans of JT – and just, but this is a this is a situation that just gives you bad vibes. Like, just gives you really, really bad vibes. And again, because he's in the building, and because he's quote unquote hurt, like his his time to free agency, like he could do a holdout that's not a holdout. You know what I mean? Like, paid. hey, I'm he's getting paid. He's 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 accruing uh, more time to get to free agency. Ah, my hammy still doesn't feel great, guys. Man, the ankle's still a little bit sore. Man, not feeling it today. I don't know if I can go. Like, again, like, if he's telling the trainers that, I, I mean, I don't know what the situation is, but, like, I'm not claiming he's faking or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, that if an NFL player did not want to play but still wanted to get paid, he could claim that he was not feeling 100% right. And I don't believe you, you can force a player out there. If he's saying, guys, I don't feel 100% right, whether it's my hamstring, my leg, whatever it is, like, I got a ringing in my ears. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, like, got a weird rash. Like, pick a, you know, whatever. Just go on WebMD and just search stuff, you know, like, come up with a new one every week. WebMD. But, yeah, exactly. Like, just doom scroll on WebMD, which is what I do. Like, oh, God, what am I going to die of this week? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, I. Yeah. Like, there's a. Tell me if I'm crazy with a statement. There is a non zero chance Jonathan Taylor does not play significant amount of games this year yeah well i mean there's two options right either he's faking it which is bad and means he's not going to play or he's not faking it and then he's hurt <laughs> so, right, <laughs> it's just bad either way right. no like he's going before tony pollard in some drafts no. oh, tony pollard's got to go ahead of jonathan taylor in every single draft yeah it's i mean so we're doing we're in the current uh they were in the midst of a mock draft the the, the three of us and a uh, bunch of the other uh roto world jamokes over here so uh, it's a very sl- it's a very slow draft, but we're going to do the mock draft. I think it's tomorrow, right? It's, it is somewhat my fault. <laughs> Everything's my fault. Um, You're always driving. I'm, always. I live about a billion years away from this place. So um, uh, anyway, uh, anyway, we'll see where uh, Jonathan Taylor comes in tomorrow in our mock draft of like you know Denny Carter's in it, Lawrence Jackson, yeah. Roto Pat. All the big names. Lads. Yeah, Kyle Dvorak's in it. Yep. Damien, we threw Damien in there. We let Damien come we in. We even let him stay in after he pronounced Devin Achan's name, Ashanay. Ashanay. It, it was the greatest Jay I had no Crouch idea what was going on. It was like, because you love to mispronounce names and, no, and words right and renaissance. <laughs> like he was a renaissance. So, Ashanay. 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 Is he playing soccer for Olympic Marseille? On the call. And it was like, I'm like, oh, you mean Devin Achan? Texas A&M standout, the brilliant Devin A. Chain. All right, I'm being told I have to let yes. you take but, us to break. Yes, before we, <laughs> before we do uh, certain news in Colts camp, Anthony Richardson has been named the week one starter. Just wanted to make sure we got That's that in because we talked a lot about him yesterday. We, we talked about it yesterday. We think he's, yes, I think I have at quarterback 12, well, I have a consensus, and I might be too low. Shane Steichen confirming what we already knew. Anthony Richardson quoted saying, I'm shocked. And I'm like, dude, you're the only one. We all knew you were going to be the starter. Uh, last one, very quickly. Zach Ertz has been cleared for full football activity. He's on track to play week one. 
Worth noting, this is a guy that was the fifth best tight end in fantasy last year through the first nine weeks under this season. You know, again, I know he's older, but, like, he's not even being drafted. So good. And he's still good. The fact that he's coming back for week one, I think, is really, really impressive. There he is. There it is right there. And some, yeah, some tight end news real quick. Gusecki, hopeful for week one, although Hunter Henry is probably the true tight end of that offense right now. And like you said, with Ertz, kind of an underrated player in fantasy this season. He is aged pretty well before that injury. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a new offense, and it's Colt McCoy under center, so it's a lot of different things. But again, like, he's going to come up for my, my tight end 34 rank now that I thought he was going to miss half the season. The fact that he's coming back now. He's a interesting tight end, too. I wouldn't want to go into the season with him as my only starter, but in deeper leagues, he's a top 20 tight end to me. Gasecki sustaining that separated shoulder. I've said this all along. Hunter Henry is the Patriots tight end you want, and I actually think the way Bill O'Brien runs his offense, I think Hunter Henry's going to have a sneaky, uh, sneaky good year. Remember, he led the team in red zone targets last year. There is a connection between him and Mac Jones. He is having a strong camp as well. All right, we're going to break. When we're back, running oh. back tiers. We got Barry's running back rankings. I'm on the clock in the mock draft. I'm going to pull it up <laughs> here during timing. the uh, yeah during Brilliant. the break. We'll be right back. And we'll pick it. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Here's your chance to win a VIP trip for two to watch a live taping of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go behind the scenes, meet the crew, and get a front row seat to all the fantasy insights and debates to help you win your league live from the NBC Sports studio. Enter now at NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. Literally legit found out about this on the call this morning. No one asked me. Like, do we want visitors? And I'm on for it. I'm, this is great. I would love for you. No, no, it's great. Because, listen, all I get to do all day is look at these two jamokes. So it would be We're nice to get exact same some. Club. Yeah, yes. exactly. It'd be nice to get some, you know, fresh blood in here. It'd be nice. You come, you hang out. Maybe you'll be a guest bartender. Yeah, maybe you know, host if the you, show. If, I, I'm going to say this. I'll say this, actually. If, uh, if you win the contest and you come, and it's a great contest, by the way, right? You get flown out here. They put you up in a nice hotel. You come. You hang out with all of us. You don't have to talk to Jay if you don't want to. <laughs> um, but you meet me and Connor. We're both nice. Uh, you get to see a sh- uh, taping of the show. And, like, by the way, if you can speak even semi-decently, we'll make you a guest bartender. Sure. Or to do a segment, you get to be on air. Mm. Um, you know, make your Peacock debut. For the uh, play NFL Blitz against the um, – against the show champion who has two thumbs 
this guy. And, uh, you know, anything else. By the way, by the way, you could also, I think you also get to host Sims Unbuttoned. Don't literally <laughs> let anyone do that. Um, I, li- I like that you're now striking back at NBC by yeah. adding more things. Yeah. Like, you surprised yeah. me, I'm going to surprise you. you. Yeah. yeah, you get to be a guest on Sims Unbuttoned. Uh, you get to go to uh, Florio's uh, home in West Virginia. You the flight is a private the, jet. The, the, yeah. On a private we'll jet. Give, we'll give you the address to Florio's yeah. house. Yeah. You know what? You actually get to host Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I believe that. No. Look, the only things I can guarantee is that you Michael come. Keaton. Go, yeah, you get to meet Michael Keaton. Get a signed, uh, signed Homecoming poster uh, from Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, no. Here's what you do get. In all seriousness, uh, you, get a, you get a round trip uh, for two here to Stanford. They can put you up in a nice hotel. You get to come here to NBC Sports. You get a tour of everything we're doing here. You get to sit in a live taping. I'll put you on the air. You'll be a live guest bartender for us uh, as well. You'll get to meet me. You'll get to meet Connor. And you'll get to wave to Jay from the corner. So that is what I can guarantee. You'll get all those things. No touching. Here. Exactly. And uh, you know what? And I'm going to bring in Lawrence Jackson, who will take a picture (laughs) with you, and he won't be wearing a shirt. There's what I'm going to do. Great sweepstakes. Oh, oh, and I have one last thing. An autographed Denny Carter po- cardigan. We will buy you a cardigan, and I will have Denny Carter autographed for it. That is a prize worth winning. Worth how do you How do you enter? At least six dollars. You uh, enter at nbcsports.com slash Barry Sweeps. There you go, Barry Sweeps. That is yeah. a great URL. Yes. Yeah. NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. Yeah. And you can go to uh, slash J Sweeps or slash Connor Sweeps and nothing will populate. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we're yeah. working you on. have to take the bus to the yeah. studio yeah. from yeah, wherever exactly. you live. You have to yeah. send us 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it costs you. Yeah, exactly. It's just a pyramid um, scheme. All right. Running back tiers. Here. here we go. All right. Tier one. These are Barry rank- Barry's rankings, obviously. Yes. And tiers. Number one, Christian McCaffrey at the top alongside Austin Eckler, friend of the show. Yeah. Barry, why are these two in their own tier? The best of tiers tier one well because they are multifaceted these are guys that obviously can honestly win you the league they have the ability to be elite uh we've seen it from both these guys before they are they are you know they're touchdown machines they are involved in the passing game as well austin eckler is one of three running backs since 1970 with 18 touchdowns and over 100 receptions in a season the only other guys that have done that, LaDainian Tomlinson, first ballot Hall of Famer for the Fantasy Hall of Fame, and, oh, by the way, Chris McCaffrey, the other guy we're talking about here, right? It's past three seasons that he's played at least 16 games, McCaffrey, over 1,800 yards from scrimmage. He's averaged at least five receptions per game every season of his career. He played 10 full games with the Niners last year. He scored in eight of them. And then, again, Austin Eckler, friend of the podcast, 1,500 or more scrimmage yards three of the last four seasons, 38 touchdowns over the last two years, and I think Kellen Moore – Coming to Los Angeles uh, helps that offense. will open it up more. The, the addition of Quinton Johnson, they're going to stretch the field more. It's going to be a more efficient offense. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just really, really good. There's just no way these two can fail without injury. And I don't Correct. think you can say that about the, the next guys on the list. Well, let's, that's fair. let's get into let's let, uh, get into tier two. Starting with Bijan Robinson at three. It sounded like just on the outside looking in for Bijan of tier one. Number four, Saquon Barkley, followed by Nick Chubb at number five. What do you the, think there, Barry? Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through this. I'll say this as I was borderline wanting to put Bijan Robinson in tier one. He has that potential. Yep. He's also got Arthur Smith, who refused to throw to Kyle Pitts, who um, you know might give 12 carries combined to Cordero Patterson and Tyler Jill. There's just no telling what Arthur Smith may do. I will say just overall, as we look at the overall ranks, the reason that McCaffrey and Eckler aren't 1-2 in my overall ranks the way they normally would be is that there are small concerns between 
Will Eckler get as many receptions as he got last year? McCaffrey, can he stay healthy? You know, will Elijah Mitchell eat into him a little bit? So there's some current concerns, slight concerns there, but that's why McCaffrey and Eckler are tier one. Tier two, the guy that I think is most interesting here is Nick Chubb. Four straight seasons of averaging over 100 yards from scrimmage. Kareem Hunt no longer there. He vacates 158 touches. Now, we like Jerome Ford as kind of a late-round flyer, but his hamstring's acting up. Last year, in the eight games in which he got 20 or more touches, he averaged 19 fantasy points per game. I would argue that Nick Chubb is the best pure running back in the NFL from a skill standpoint. And we expect this offense to just be a lot better. Full year of Deshaun Watson. Second year in the system. Uh, we're, We're excited about this Browns offense. And so I think Nick Chubb will probably touch the ball a little bit less, but they're going to be in scoring position a lot more often. They're, they're going to be uh, a lot more efficient. Like, Nick, like I could see him having less total carries this year and then winding up with 18 touchdowns because they're just going to get close because Watson's going to move the ball down the field. They're still going to want to run. It's still going to be cold weather in, in Cleveland. And then Chubb, who's so efficient at the goal line, just punches it in. So I really like Nick Chubb. I have him at running back five. Uh, that's ahead of ADP. I've seen him going as late as like running back 10 in some places. Silly. Silly. I, Chubb's going to have a monster year. Yeah, he would be my RB3. And there's a bit of a divergence between the fantasy market and the betting market where Nick Chubb is the clear favorite for the rushing title, clear favorite to have the most rushing touchdowns of anyone. Uh, and I think that's not necessarily reflected in his ADP. Well, I would take Nick Chubb. I would take him ahead of Saquon and Bijan because I think just I'm just a little bit worried about Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson with Bijan. I understand the upside, but I think Nick Chubb is just so locked into his role. Well, the question becomes with Bijan, how involved will he be in the passing game? We know the Falcons are going to be a very run-heavy team, and we know Bijan is an all-world talent. The question becomes like, is he getting two or three receptions a game, or is he getting like six? Because like that's the thing that we just don't know. We just don't know. How good is Desmond Ritter going to be? Again, if they want to be run heavy and they still actually want to involve Drake London and Kyle Pitts a little bit more in the passing game, and to your point, like, Cordell Patterson's still a good player. Like, you can still be effective with him. Tyler Algeel did have 1,000 yards last year. Like, you could see Arthur Smith doing something super annoying for fantasy managers. He's just trying to win ballgames. He didn't care about us. Yep. I would say Bijan is more likely than Chubb to be RB1, but Chubb is more likely than Bijan just to be a top five running back. He's got a higher floor to me in terms of it could go weird with Bijan I think that's a great I think that's a I think that's a great call I agree with you Um, I do think that if you know if Nick Chubb gets to 18 touches I mean like Nick Chubb also has number one running back in fantasy uh, potential to round out tier two after Nick Chubb at five Tony Pollard at six Derrick Henry at seven Jonathan Taylor who is still not practicing at eight Josh Jacobs who has not been at Raiders camp at nine and then Joe Mixon at 10 here Barry Joe Mixon is such a fascinating case. His ADP has been depressed all season long because it was just like, well, there's some off-season trouble. He might be suspended, and we'll talk about that in a second. And, oh, by the way, the Bengals are going to sign somebody. They're going to replace Samaj P. Ryan with somebody, and they, they haven't. They haven't replaced it yet. And so uh, Joe Mixon has had five straight years averaging at least 19 touches a game. He's top three among running backs in red zone touches per game last year. Second most carries inside the 10-yard line. Like, they used him a lot. Some bad luck, and it's a little bit of inefficiency as well. But volume is king in fantasy football, and Joe Mixon is going to get it on one of the best offenses in the NFL. I just, to me, he's the last bell cow running back. There are some legal concerns, and if if a case goes against him, maybe the NFL suspends him. But there's no... uh, you hate to talk about stuff like this um, in a, you know, because the charges are serious and I don't want to diminish that. But from a pure only fantasy football perspective, the fact of the matter is, is that 
it does not seem like the suspension. If if there is a suspension this year, it would be just a couple of ga- couple of games. That brings us to tier three. These are running backs eleven to fourteen, starting with Travis Etienne, rookie Jameer Gibbs, who's taken in the top fifteen of the draft, or Mondre Stevenson, who now has Ezekiel Elliott in his backfield, and Brees Hall, who has uh, Dalvin Cook in his backfield. Who out of these four, Barry is the most intriguing? It's Jameer Gibbs, who was on my short list to be one of my fantasy right or to be my fantasy ride or die this year. He's literally on the short list. 11 of the last 12 running backs to be drafted in the first round saw over 200 touches in their rookie season. I think that's what Gibbs gets. Remember, there's 421 running back touches from last season that are not accounted for with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Obviously, Dave Montgomery is there as well, but Swift, who saw at least 70 targets each of the past two seasons, and he missed some time, Gibbs is going to be a massive part of this passing attack. And if David Montgomery ever went away for some reason, if he got injured, if he got injured, Gibbs would be a top five fantasy running back. As it is, he comes in at running back 12 for me. That brings us to tier four, which kicks off at 15 and not for Najee Harris. 16, Alexander Madison, the new lead man in the Minnesota backfield. Kenneth Walker at 17, Aaron Jones at 18, Damian Pierce at 19, and then James Conner closes out tier four at number 20 overall. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I like Aaron Jones, who's had four straight years of finishing as a top 12 running back. We talked about this yesterday. We think this Packers offense under Jordan Love might be better than expected. But James Conner, again, just another bell cow running back. I get it. The Cardinals are going to be bad. Colt McCoy under center. But still, one of seven running backs with 1,000 scrimmage yards and at least eight touchdowns each of the past two years. He played at least 90% of the snaps in five of his last seven games. He's a really good pass catcher. Even when they're down, he's going to be part of the passing attack. I think James Conner is a value this year. Yeah, very unexciting, but he's going to get you volume. And a lesser version of Joe Mixon in that regard where it's the same thing. You're not excited, but he will produce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, in terms of Conner and, and Mixon, no one likes them, but, no. like, you're going to look up at the end of the year and they're going to have over 200 touches and they're going to they're gonna just, by pure volume of being out there, produce fantasy points for you. Yep. All right, we're taking one more break, and when we're back, it's time for Last Call. Get the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code Barry20 for 20% off at checkout. Or or J10, <laughs> Connor 5. You guys don't get a fancy graphic for some reason, but they threw out this poll at RotoWorld underscore FB, Not which is the best Roto World Draft Guide promo code. Barry20 with 62.3% of the vote. But here's what's great is that the 5% off Connor, uh, the Connor 5 promo code, just 5% off, gets 26.3% of the vote. J10, just 11.4%, Jay. Yeah. You don't be not a middle. great showing by J10. Mm, feel like very much the Chris Bosch to LeBron and Wade over here. <laughs> yeah. It's not ideal. Yeah, that's hit. not good. Yeah. People are like, if I can't get 20% off, I'd rather 5% off. Let's go than... full way, yeah. Yeah. My Goldilocks it's, it's thing didn't pride. work. A lot of pride. No, yeah. it did not. <laughs> no. The club of luxury, <laughs> people are saying. Yeah. Shout out to the show. All right. Well, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's closing time for Jay and Connor. I'm Matthew. We're back tomorrow. Peace out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.